Welcome to Cinema Bushido. I'm your host, Matthew Whitaker. And with me, as always, is my uh, Harambe from uh, another mommy, <laughs> Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How's it going, Lee? Hey, buddy. Every day is a holiday. How are you doing today? Well, every day is a holiday. And I am very happy once again to have made a deal with the devil uh, to have our official third be a part of our our uh, recording, um, Mr. Stephen Chow. How's it going, Stephen? It's good. It's uh, it's great to be back. I'm feeling frisky. Yeah, very nice. Well, today we're talking about a really fun movie. Uh, it fits in perfectly with most of what we've talked about over time, and in particular, the uh, um, Katsu Corporation in general. Um, his uh, big brother's uh, foray into uh, being a, a badass uh, lone wolf and cub, Sword of Vengeance from 1972. Um, so a lot of people know this actually as, a, I believe, a movie called Shogun Assassin. Uh, I may be wrong on that name. But what somebody did at one point is they took all of the Lone Wolf and Cub movies, and I think there's five of them, I think well, maybe four of them, and they smashed them all into one two-hour movie and just cut out a lot of the extra scenes, the scenes that we'll talk about today, and uh, made it into like just sort of an epic. And everyone hated it. Everyone was like, well, that sucks. You know, We always want to see more of what's happening with these guys. And... Uh, that said, uh, I'd like to jump straight to you, Stephen. Um, was this your first time watching this? And uh, yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It definitely was my first time watching it. Uh, to be honest, I'd not heard of it before. Um, so it was very exciting um, to be introduced to it, as it is to be introduced to many of the things that come my way because of uh, Cinema Bushido. I really enjoyed it. Um, it. You know, it's extremely violent. There's quite a lot of nudity. There's blood spraying everywhere, ha limbs being hacked off. Um, and it's also artfully made um, with an intriguing plot. So I actually thought it was really good. I'm, I'm glad uh, glad I had the chance to watch it. That's awesome. Um, and I love, I, you know, I'd love to meet other people that love this kind of thing because this is like where it all, you know, where, where that joy in me was formed is like the yeah. first time getting to see something like this. And I'm like, why... Why isn't this every movie? Why can't every movie have, like, it has all these aspects I love, you know, the the kind of badass dude that's being second-guessed and taken advantage of, and he comes back and, you know, he gets him right in the stomach, you know, gives him a nice punch in the gut. Um, Lee, uh, I, you've already spilled to me um, via Twitter and uh, before we started our recording that uh, this movie was your jam. You want to tell me about it? I fucking love this movie. My notes read as follows. Super badass intro. Space. Titties. <laughs> Fucking love this movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, right when the first lady came up, I wanted to tell you, I was like, I wanted to be like, hey, Lee, you know, this is going to have, you know, titties and you're going to like it. And I would have loved to have caught you right at that moment. The first. Um, okay, so it was just a, a, such a dumb idea. The um, Sun for Hire, Assassin for Hire, but the Sun for Hire, or sorry, Sun for Hire, Sword for Hire. But the Sun for Hire, like, I love how they, they put in that scene where they just had to make it work. Because they're like, well, this makes no sense. Like, what's a way to show that he's able to, like, rent out his son? And 
<laughs> so like the first time we're gonna see um breasts is gonna be a breastfeeding scene and i thought i just would have loved to have seen the look on your face you're like wait this isn't what i signed up for <laughs> i think it's the other way around i think they intended to show and and uh, an appropriate amount of titties throughout this movie and then they just had to write reasons as to why they were going to show such titties oh that's a great point yeah they're like okay so let's start with kids love kids love boobs come on everyone knows that so let's start with that i mean this movie is fucking great like this is better than 98 percent of what's on your netflix or amazon or hulu like if you hear this podcast and you don't rent this or download it or whatever fuck you we don't condone illegal downloading, by the way. You need to go out and there's a Criterion Collection release of this, which is what we watched, um, and it is beautifully made. It is just like super high quality, gorgeous, well worth your time and money to get your hands on it. Um, yeah, what you, he said. I think if you do go and try to find, like when I first saw this, it wasn't the Criterion release. It was a Netflix release back in, you know, in the 90s when Netflix was still a thing for sending discs. And... It was typical, you know, kind of poor quality. I remember a lot of these things being in black and white watching them the first time and then to come back and see that they were actually kind of that odd 70s colorized. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Stephen. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to ask you um, just mm. I, the, the Criterion release stuff. Uh, do you buy a lot of Criterion collection yeah. discs? That's a problem over here, actually. The Criterion Collection doesn't really exist in the UK. They, they've only just started up. So there's a small handful of, um, of uh, DVDs that exist for our region, but it's, it's really limited. It's, it's very frustrating, actually, because it is, uh, without a question, the, the best selection of obscure and classic and cult movies you could possibly lay your hands on. So it's kind of annoying, actually. Uh, uh, when we did one of our earlier podcasts... Uh, um, Zatoichi versus Yojimbo, I couldn't actually get a, a decent copy of it. Um, so I'd love to I'd love to be into that, but I can't be, unfortunately. All right. No, I didn't know that. That's uh, that's really interesting and, and, and mm. very sad. I hope they fix mm. that. I mean, that's a huge, uh, like a huge portion of the people who would enjoy these same kind of movies um, that yeah. are getting left out just because, yeah, we've, mm. we've got, we own the coin on it, right? Yeah, and the Filmstruck, is it Filmstruck, the website that they're yeah. starting? It, that isn't out over here either yet, but I, hopefully it will be eventually. I wonder if that's related. Like, it's just not licensed for, you know, the UK in general, or I don't know, because that sucks. That would be the best way to do it. It's all these Criterion releases, and it's all streamable yeah. from any device. Yeah. I'm missing out. Yeah, and hey, Filmstruck, send me some money. <laughs> okay. So, uh I always mess up his name, but I believe it's uh, Tomisa Buro Wakayama. That is, uh, as you know, Shintaro Katsu's real-life brother. And uh, uh, what'd you think? Like, uh, y y you feel like he emoted a Zatoichi vibe to his uh, Ogami Ito? Okay, that's really interesting. I, I didn't really do my homework on this movie. I just watched it. So I actually didn't know that. Um, and it makes perfect sense to me now, because obviously I noticed... Uh, the, uh, the the katsu uh, brand um on on the movie um and i did think well here we've got another slightly out of shape uh, samurai <laughs> right so so i thought maybe you know i kind of I, I was even squinting at him thinking it's it's not it's not him but it does look quite a lot like him so now that's really opened my eyes it all makes it all makes much more sense to me now yeah, and uh, we've talked about uh, Kenji Misumi, who is the director of this film, because 
he did um, the original Zadoichi, Tale of Zadoichi, in 1962. He was the director of it. But he directed a bunch of them. Uh, we're, we have one upcoming called Fight Zadoichi Fight that he did as well. And uh, yeah, if you look at his list of, uh, of movies um, that he's done, it's quite the impressive um, list of uh, Zadoichi films in particular and yeah. samurai movies in general. Yeah, and this is a really good-looking film. I mean, it's re- really very well made for for all the for all the sex and violence on show, uh, which is fantastic. I've got no problem with that. I, I enjoyed it very much. But aside from that, it's just very very well shot. Um, I mean, the the opening sequence where you see um, Ogami um, uh, behead a small boy. That whole sequence is beautifully directed. Um, it's not really representative of the rest of the film, but uh, the guy definitely knows what he's doing. Yeah, he was like a really classy guy. You did to you got brought in to do something really unclassy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you can see that. You could imagine the writer and everything like the scene where the prostitute um, gives herself over uh, to Ogamita. She's he, the guy's that writing this. He's just like you know he, she's you know she's doing her a favor. Come on, write that down. <laughs> write that down. Write down. He's doing he's doing her a big favor, right? <laughs> because you know yeah. So there's a yeah. lot of like a really messed up uh like ideas in this about how people should be treated you know this yeah yeah that was an interesting scene I, i'm interested to hear what lee thought of that so me, that me too me too <laughs> that scene was fucking awesome and, <laughs> and he's like no he's like nah bro don't don't kill her i'm gonna let me just strip down and she's like and at first i'm like oh she's like i she looks like her face is in shock like real shock she she emoted that really well and so you think, oh, he's gonna like basically practically rape her, and then it's like, um, no, she's like honored to be fucking done in front of everybody, including his kid who's asleep, and he's just like, yeah, oh yeah, and she just lays it, and you get to see her beautiful voluptuous titties, and he's just like, yeah, I'm ready to go, and then, and then he just takes her, and then afterwards, my favorite line in the movie is. She's arguing with the other peasants, and she's like, he swallowed his pride and made love to me. And I was like, man, I can't wait to use that on a woman I don't love. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I felt the same way. I felt, I felt like her. <laughs> I swallowed my pride and did this podcast with you. Exactly, yeah. But he doesn't, he doesn't resist for very long. Like, he's sitting there, you know, stone-faced, looking down, and I think it's the, the guy who I'm, I'm going to take a uh, leaf out of uh, Lee's book and just call him Flying Knives because I can't remember his name. And he, he sort of says, uh, oh, you know, he's not going to do it. I'm going to kill you. And then immediately he just stands up. No, no hesitation at all and tears off his clothes. And, and then yeah. he disrobes and lies down. And oh, the, the look on Flying Knives' face when it all starts, he was like self-satisfied. Like he looks at his friends like, hey, guys, show's on me. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, no, actually, I have his name written down here. It's called Fuckface. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then they all, they all look at each other and they're like, oh, yeah. 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 And they all kind of do that. <laughs> See, I haven't, in, like, that's a problem I have with this. So with all the honorableness and even, like, there's even honor with the bad guys, honor with these thieves and, and uh, um, assassins and murderers that, you know, like, they're being pretty proper to him. Like, they should have, like, in, in, an, in an American Western, they probably would have just tried to kill him on the bridge. That would have got things going. But we've got this other plot. Like, everybody still has a, a certain level of respect for each other. Like, how many times did they say to him, hey, listen, dude, don't fuck with us, okay? Okay, go on with your business. Like, they're, they're being pretty cool about it. 
I have a hard time believing that they would be like, nah, we want to watch this forced rape here really quickly. And uh, they're all just, <laughs> like, they could all just be doing it. But, like, it, I don't know. It makes as much sense to me as the breastfeeding crazy woman missing kids scene in the beginning. Like, yeah. uh, and I'd love that. He was hungry anyway, you know? Yeah. Crazy yeah. people it's, with it's, breasts and milk and murders. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's very, I mean, it's very directly exploitative, isn't it? It's, uh, we, we need to include a real sex scene and how are we going to get a real sex scene into this movie and it somehow fit into the plot. And, uh, I guess, you know, that, and, and for it not to be a rape exactly for it to have, you know, a consensual yeah. element and an element of eroticism. Um, and that's the, probably the only thing they could think of. And then it turns into this weird, like 70s softcore porn thing where you've got like you know the it's like his her face you know in pleasure and on the screen at the same time her her nipple and then there's like a hand kind of groping around and they're just kind of going round and round each other in this kaleidoscope fashion oh, Stephen, was, Stephen, you'll love this yeah. i watched that whole scene most recently on an airplane <laughs> <laughs> Sort of shielding Don't my your eyes, small yeah. child. <laughs> sort of shielding my laptop. I'm like, um, looking around to see if anybody's caught on to what I'm watching. What am I bringing to the flight? Yeah. yeah. Did you join? Does that does that count as joining the Mile High Club or no? <laughs> it's something really sad. We'll call it the Kilometer Club. Senor Bushido, if you if you know the answer to that question, that's a highly technical question. Might be out of our skill set. If you were a flight attendant, please, or pilot, tweet us and let us know that if that counts as the Mile High Club. Because I, I, I'm curious. I'm, I'm curious now. Yeah. I think if you took it into the bathroom with him, it might have. But if you're just sitting there, probably not. Well, almost everything I watch... Um, Bashes, dude. Almost, every, almost everything I watch like that I do um, come in my pants, so... <laughs> it's a gift, really. It's a gift. Yeah. It's a gift. Yeah, it saves time. It saves time. <laughs> oh, great. You guys, like, you guys are missing so much. I was like, like when he was talking about what they named the boy, yeah. I won't go, I, he's just called the boy. And, uh, or Cub. And like when he's talking about it, I like had a flashback to uh, Talladega Nights when the mom was like, if we wanted us a couple of wussies, we had a name of Dr. Quinn or Medicine Woman. And I was like, dude, they totally stole that from this movie. That was one of the best lines of that movie. It was, it was. And we had ninjas. We had fucking ninjas. And then his wife is Ame. Like when she screams, my I wrote down, "Wait, that's not an orgasm." And he comes running. Well, we're not we're not missing out on anything here. I I didn't give us any particular format here, but I do intend to do um, kind of our standard. I want to hear your three favorite scenes. So let's just start off. Stephen, give me your number one favorite scene: Lone Wolf and Cub, Sword of Vengeance. Okay, I'm just going to do them in order. Um, yeah. So let me. Say, I wrote down lots of favorite scenes, so it's difficult to actually pick the three because there's like Lee is saying, there are so many incredibly exciting, frankly sexual, violent scenes. The one uh, that sticks in my mind, and it's really grotesque, actually, is the is the rape scene where I, Ogami, I think, has not long been in the the spa, and you see a woman. Uh, basically, she's held down and 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 raped, and then her dad tries to stop it. And then, while he's raping her, he throws a sort of chain around his neck and strangles him. And then, uh, when he's finished, the the girl's dead, and he like licks her cheek, 
and like just drops her on the ground and gets up kind of panting heavily like he's done a good day's work um and then someone says to him uh, uh you killed her with your big strong arms and fed her your big fat thing and then someone else says how dare you have her all to yourself you fool and then they kind of like their mouths are really close to each other and they both go <laughs> and it's just that level of because uh, it's it's obviously it's horrendous and it's terrible but it, it's so ridiculously over the top that he he rapes her kills her and kills her dad at the same time and then has a good old laugh about it it's uh you know the i mean you're saying these guys aren't that bad but they're pretty bad i mean that's about as bad as it well, gets and i would say that scene is what they threw it in the same way they we have no other way to establish that these are really bad guys that scene yeah. was the bad guy scene and there was even a, a reference in that scene of i thought she was like wasn't a woman yet like too young so like he was even gonna rape a child or whatever like it was just terrible and then they're yeah. back to being all respectful to everybody else and you know yeah, following the I rules had that- I kept saying he's going to cut those guys down. He's going to save her, right? So kind of if you're like if you have that optimism, if you watch Zadoichi, for instance, Zadoichi comes in at just the right time. Nah, brah, nah. He just well, he just he just guards his kid from having seen her getting raped. And plus, we got the the sickle and the chain with the ball on it. It's it's yeah. it, it was like pretty cool because you don't ever see that in movies today. But that's that's like a it's like a it's like a I don't know what the word would be probably like a trope for like for video games and whatnot that 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 weapon is is used and I thought it was pretty cool it was like a, I mean it was a grotesque scene in a lot of levels but like I think to go back to Ichi and his brother like I feel like Ichi has like he's got the market pinned on like this is what you watch with your kids and then when they go to bed. You drink sake and you watch titties and rape and blood with your wife, you know. And I think, like, in a lot of ways, you can kind of see like they're reverse images of each other. And uh, they, in like the Ichi movies, are more focused on dialogue and you know about body count, but not bloody, and and like about drama. And they're more they're more beautiful in a sense. But this movie's more like it's more like uh, nitty gritty. Okay. Like, uh, like Mad Max. Two things to that. That that weapon you're talking about, I got to look up the name. But um, I found out in some reading about assassins in general that that was like the definitive like ninja assassin weapon, the scythe on the chain thing, whatever it's called. And you know, you can buy like duplicates of it now and stuff like that. But you don't see you you saw it in video games, and I feel like I've seen it in movies, but obviously, um, there's other stuff. But number two, this had source material. This was all based on a graphic novel. Where Zatoichi was more like um, wish fulfillment, <laughs> you know. They're just like, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool if this black guy just got taken advantage of and then he kills everybody? It's like, yeah, well, it's yeah, that's awesome. Okay, well, let's do it again and again and again. You know, it's it was Columbo, literally. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And Zatoichi is more like you see like forty, fifty people get cut down, whereas this movie, like, the violence isn't as like. When Zatoichi gets going, it's unbelievable. It's like the Terminator. But when this guy, it's like spurts of violence. But when, but when there's not spurts of violence, it's like sex, interesting plot story, nudity, and, you know, just inappropriate themes all the way around. And and, and, it, and I love the way, in kind of like in a video, I think a lot of video games stole this, these, this setup and these tropes because you're constantly seeing him, like, battle somebody, and it's, like, special. And there's narration 
about how people are going to go down. So you, so they get it, they get it good for us because we're all we're all foreign to this. We don't understand what's going on, and they're not going to give us a lot of material in the screenshots. So what they do is they have a narrator there watching the fights, and it's just it's perfect. Whereas Zadoichi is more like a western. This is just unadulterated, fucking awesome. I like it. Yeah, okay. it's an ex- it's an exploitation movie, really. Yeah, yeah. You guys okay. are using that word inappropriately. This is this is fucking every movie. Should, everyone everyone should make movies like this. This movie was fucking great. That one guy who got his calves cut off, he didn't have a leg to stand on. It was fucking <laughs> awesome. That was and a then, beautiful scene. He doesn't even kill. Like after he drops him down, he doesn't even stab him. He's like, no, you're gonna bleed out. I was like, that's fucking badass. He was dropping hard turds on those motherfuckers. Oh, wait, we'll pause there. I want to hear what your uh, first favorite scene is. Oh, you already know? Well, let's do it. It's the sex scene. Oh, the, the, the main one. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. I mean, that was awesome. I mean, if you want me to go second, it would be the end. But I don't I don't know if you want me to explain that in the no, podcast no, right no. now. I don't, I'm good. I, okay. yeah. Dude, because it was perfect because she's all like, it was just like Zatoichi. Where everyone's like, no, don't go. And he's, she's all like, you fucked me right, bro. I want to be with you. You're awesome. And he's just like, he puts his sword on that rope with a bridge. And he's like, nah, nah, nah. You, you just slow me down. You're like an appendix. Some things a guy doesn't need, bitch. All right. All right. Well, I'll say uh, first um, for me would probably be the, um, the scene in the temple where uh, he has to first slash down the first five guys oh yeah that was fucking awesome yeah it was really you kind of knew that he was a badass and it was gonna happen and then when he did and especially like cutting that um that symbol uh you know the little relic thing whatever in half the the holly whatever it is yeah yeah, it was really good i was like yes um yeah you know know my favorite part about that was was like when he grabs the guy and as he exposes the chain mail exactly it reminded me, and Stephen, you could probably go into detail about this, but right. uh, the executioner for Anne Boleyn, he was actually because of the distance it would have, the time it took to to bring him aboard a ship and get him to the execution, he was actually sent for and brought and started traveling before Anne Boleyn was ever charged, and so like it kind of shows that like there's a sense of conspiracy involved in it. And I thought that was beautiful. It was an intelligent way to weave an insight in there okay i didn't know that so that's that's brilliant thank you for telling me that i've, I've been to the tower of london but i've not uh, i didn't know that piece of history i made it up okay <laughs> okay you. number it's beautiful two. scene number two this is back to you. no i didn't make it up that's real <laughs> but don't don't put that in the podcast just be like i made it up that'd be fucking brilliant no <laughs> this all gets to stand you think i'm uh, mr gonna edit every damn thing you say it's not happening anymore you dirty cunt all right, um, number two no, for you, Stephen. I mean, I said Canuck. Yeah. Canuck. Yeah, I don't, okay. I don't know why you do that, but yeah, don't, stop being a Canadian and interrupting me and everything I say. <laughs> God. I had too much maple syrup. No, I swear to God, like, you know, it's like, it's, I swear, it sounds like Lee has had four bottles of maple syrup and he just can't contain himself anymore. Like, chill. I think that's what that what this movie does to people. It's just a, you see it was, you're saying it's an inappropriate use of the word exploitation, but it, but it, it I don't think it is, and I, I don't even mean that as a derogatory term. I just mean that it's a movie that intentionally aims itself at giving you kind of uh, I, I don't want to say this in an offensive way, like base pleasures, like it shows you boobies and shows you lots of blood and has lots of violence. You know, it, it is exploitation, but there's nothing wrong with exploitation cinema. It's right. it's fine. 
That's, Guard that's your my... arteries, bro. Guard your arteries. Good advice. Blood be spurting shit out. Dude. I was like, some guy got hit in the side and was like, gushing, and I was like, fuck yeah. That is awesome. I, every movie needs to have boobies and grotesque blood spurting everywhere. That was a fucking... I, I, I watched this movie tro- twice and I was like dancing around the house, excited. Wait, oh, that's 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 interesting. That's crazy. It's an interesting vision. Uh, but I, I like the spraying blood as well because so many of these movies from the same time period, like you can compare these to westerns, they, they often don't really have much blood in them. You know, like even uh, like A Fistful of Dollars, you know, bang, 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 people just fall over. There's no blood. Um, and then you get a little bit later on and you might have a bit of blood. This thing is from the same time period and there's just blood everywhere, just blood spraying everywhere in slow motion. I mean, people vomiting blood onto the camera, heads flying off left, right, and center. Um, I don't know. They, when it comes to sort of action cinema, they were clearly way, way, way ahead. You knew there was some guy who was so sick of it. He was just like, okay, we all saw this, you know, whatever movie last. And the guy gets slashed. There's no blood. It doesn't look realistic. He was in the theater and he was pissed. So he's like, no, this time we're doing it. This time, I want the blood to flow. You know, he's like, yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, the the leg scene in particular. I mean, I think I LOL'd. I'm like, oh my god, come on! It just this they, be the they best didn't even, movie they didn't even fall over. They just the legs after you chopped them, they just sat there. They just stood there like they were planted the, in the ground. Imagine if we did like a, if we all could sit down and do a commentary. Oh my fucking god! This would be the perfect movie to commentary. Yeah, an MST3K. It's fucking, I mean, think about it. There's so much, I never had, I never watched the movie and laughed and felt compelled and just enjoyed what I saw. Like, I, I mean, these guys were just, it was like hitting keys on a piano. It was like going different ranges, but it was so swift that I was, I was just helpless. Yeah. All right. So, so I'm, still, I I'm, I'm still waiting for you, Stephen, on your scene number two. Okay. I'll get there. I'll get okay, there. I yeah, I guess my, my next one, uh, I've, I've written it down as uh, James Bond Pram uh, because uh, there's a bit at the end of the film, it's pretty much the, cli- the climactic battle where he, he, he pulls like the handles off his pram, his son's pram, and turns it into this uh, quarterstaff with a blade on the end and then fights everybody with it, uh, which I thought was ridiculous and, and hilarious. And then there's a bit where the guy who has got the guns shoots at him and he like upturns the pram and the bullets bounce off the metal base. It was beautiful. Uh, it, it's beautiful. It's completely insane uh, and very, very funny. And uh, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, moments. if I remember correctly, he, he got a splitting headache out of that. He did. He <laughs> that did. was straight out of a comic book, right? It was just, yeah. Bam. Like, oh, of course the baby cart is bulletproof on the bottom so it can be flipped on its side. Yeah, I was going to say for our American listeners, he's saying baby carriage when he says pram. Oh, you know, one of the sequels, two of the sequels of this movie, the title is actually like uh, Baby Cart at the River Styx and there's a Baby Cart in the Land of Demons. So might as well be pornos because this is going to be fucking great. If the first movie's that good, oh Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I read some trans, uh, maybe some other copy I had of this once, and uh, it actually said um, perambulator in the land of demons. That's, yeah, that's where pram comes from. Okay, and I'd never heard that term, so I had to look it up, and I'm like, oh, baby cart, got it, move on. I can't help, I can't help being British. <laughs> I love that that's what it was. It means I must have saw some British copy of it. Yeah, the perambulator of doom or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> nice. All right, well, my number two um, is easy. 
it's uh, when the, uh, I can't remember his name, the bad guy, he thought, all right, I've, I've got Ogami here, and I'm going to get him and his kid to uh, kill themselves, and you know, he's going to kill his kid, and he's going to kill himself, and this is going to be awesome, we're going to move on with our lives, and he goes, ha-ha, <laughs> which of course he does, <laughs> <laughs> guess what, it's not going to happen, um, I'm going to completely, you know, say no to killing myself, and I'm going to kill you all. And in particular, he says, what I liked about it is, of course, we all knew that was going to happen. But what I liked is he said, well, you can't do that because the Shogun says you have to do that. I have it here in fucking writing. If you, the Shogun says you have to kill yourself. You just have to. He's like, well, I'm no longer a freaking person. I'm now a demon on the path to hell or whatever, you know. And yeah, that was his excuse. Like, I now live on another realm where all I'm going to do is murder people for you know, betraying me. And uh, he even, uh, there's a, some other point in there where he says, I, like right past that, he says, they will pay in rivers of blood. And there's yeah. no better way to start out a, a four movie series than uh, with those kinds of words. Yeah, so, I want to point out that it was interesting because the whole idea of being fired and executed didn't start in the Cincinnati Zoo when they fired Harambe, you know? They were like, you were the high executioner, and you've been terminated from your employment, and we must murder you. And I was like, fuck. Poor Harambe. Yeah. If only you were a samurai. I just miss him so much. Do you know what I found really funny was the, the fact that like these guys from the Shogunate, they just have something written down, and they just expect you to do it. Like, it's written on this piece of paper, you'll kill yourself. So just, you know, here it is. Oh my Kelly's god, head. you realize what a great comedy that would be? It's just this yeah. guy, and he keeps taking advantage of that. He says, no, it says right here, you need to put your finger in your bum. <laughs> you know, you just gotta do it. It says right here yeah. at the bottom, from the Shogun. So, so yeah. as we take off our shoes to go get on a plane for a reason that was never really valid, and as we go through the rapist scan machines to get on an airplane. Yeah. yeah. No, I want to paint this picture for you. So there's this really lazy samurai. Like he's got no shirt on. He's just covered in chocolate, blood, and like wine or sake. He's just laying there, and he's got all these people doing stuff for him. And you know, some guys walking by. He's like, "Hey, Jim, Jimmy, give me five dollars." He's like, "What? I gave you five dollars yesterday." And he just holds up a piece of paper and has a five dollar yeah. bill on it, and it says Shogun. It's like, "Nah, come on." Give me five dollars. <laughs> Shogun just dictated. You know, the Shogun says you must do this. <laughs> That'd be, be a great movie. But there's a bit as well, isn't there, where they... The, it's quite near the beginning of the movie where the... I think he's like the... I don't know. He's some sort of uh, official with the... Is it the Yagyu or something like that? Right. Um, those guys. And he, he, he's he got that piece of paper that just says, like, Vow of Revenge or something on it. And he just turns it around and it just says... Because it, it comes up in the subtitles. It just says Vow of Revenge on it. And he just sort of shows it to him. You know, it's official. It's a yep. vow of revenge. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that the Go people ahead. who have such slant eyes are so visual, you know? Oh, man, that's what? bad. That might be your worst of the <laughs> day. That's the worst of the day. A boom! Oh, my God. That was not a boom. That was the, That's the firecracker that somebody put in the toilet, and it, the water and the poop goes all over the person who threw it in. Fail army, baby. <laughs> are you speaking from personal experience, or what's going on here? Maybe. Hey, it's time for your number two. Well, I gave you my number one and my, my number two already. Yeah. So I'll give you my number three because remember... Oh, well, we'll, I, we'll I, pause there then because we'll, we'll flip back around. So your number one was definitely the um, the uh, prostitute scene. Your number two was the bridge with uh, the... Yeah, you're not following me. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. All right. All right. Well, yeah. So, Stephen, give me your number three top scene. Yeah, it's really hard because there's a part of me that wants to pick some really classy scene. You know, like there's the scene, you know, where... 
he he demands that his child choose between a ball and a sword, which will determine it, its future. And that's completely absurd um, that this child that doesn't doesn't know anything about anything uh, will its its life and its future is determined by whether it chooses a a ball or, or a sword. So I kind of part of me wants to choose that, but I just think no, I should choose something that's horrendously violent again because that's really what this film is about. So I I, I like the bit where um, there's that duel between um, Retsudo's kind of top man, his like top assassin, and uh, Ogami, and they, they run at each other in a field. And the Retsudo, I think I'm getting that right, he's the leader of the Yagyu clan, who's the guy who's kind of initiated trying to get rid of Ogami because they want to be they want to be the head executioner because Ogami's like the head executioner and they want his job. So he sets him, he sets his top man against Ogami and they run at each other and Retsudo's like, ah, you know, my guy's got the sun behind him and this, the other guy, Ogami's got the sun on his back. So I know who's going to win. You know, he's got the lay of the land. He's got nature on his side. And then just as they're about to strike each other, uh, Ogami bends down and his son has a mirror on his head and it blinds uh, Retsudo's man for a second and then uh, I think he he hacks him across the stomach and then chops his head off and then you get this really really long slow motion scene of just a fountain of blood just spurting out of this yeah. guy's neck it goes on forever and ever and ever um, yeah I thought that was pretty awesome yeah that was heads up dude yeah heads up gratuitous as hell I love it oh my god Lee you're on it today um okay I fucking love this movie dude I if I swear to god if you made it this far into the podcast and you haven't seen this movie I will fucking come and kick the shit out of your dick because you're a pussy this fucking movie is great there's there's I've watched this movie twice in like the span of barely three hours like what and I was just ecstatic this movie is fucking awesome i think we're gonna have to change its name to uh lone wolf and pun (laughs) (laughs) okay so lee i'm ready for your final scene please okay yes sir i would like to use the other dual scene as my as my favorite scene and i mean it was a close it was a close between when he's counting the gold he's like count the gold and then he just fucking murders the two best swordsmen in their clan (laughs) that was really good yeah that was delicious but i think my favorite was when he's when there he's when you first get to see the old man in the head of that clan and he's narrating the fight and he's already murdered like everybody and he hops into the water and at first you're like why the fuck did he hop into the water and you don't get the narration so you think that's weird and then and then they both do and then the narrator comes in and explains how based on this guy's fighting style that gives him an advantage and then he goes into the water which was kind of weird and then just fucking destroys that guy and you're just like, yes, delicious. Yeah, Beautiful. My fantastic. nipples were so hard for that. Yeah, you know, that was up there in my list, too, and that was going to be it. And you I brought the second one. You know, I love the scene where um, he's like, I, I, you look like you're Ogami Ito. And then, yeah, the two guys tried to jump him. What I loved about that, and I knew that this is something I feel like you would have brought up, Lee, but it's that he tells his two guys, he says, you guys are the best, and I hope this guy kills you because, you know, you've sworn your life to to me and our cause so if he's able to kill you it means it really is him and he's so badass he's actually going to go to this you know um spa and kill the hell out of all of these bad guys so i thought that was neat but um my yeah my number one there were a lot of columboisms of course and this is the same idea right this is kind of that play on 
the dumb ass that comes in and he's he's pretending to be something that he's not so he can eventually turn on them and and you know show everybody what he's really made out of um he tries he comes in he's like oh no no i suck you know whatever yeah here you have my sword and um stupid uh knife man so i hated knife man fuck face whatever we wanted to call him he was such a piece of shit you know he was so arrogant uh just killed me but, uh, you know, he's like, haha, I'm going to throw knives at him. And then the other dude's like, oh, he's actually a badass. So my high, hi- the highlight for me is when this all comes full circle. Um, oldie McBoldy, uh, we'll call him old man Joe, salt and pepper man. Um, he realizes, shit, this is Ogami Ita. This is the, this is the assassin. And he's standing there and he's sort of dumbfounded. And he's like, no, 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 everybody just leave him alone. You know, he gets all super weak. And of course, Knife Man gets the knife right through his freaking face. You know, that was it. Just yeah. Like, yeah. It, it felt so good. I'm just, it's, I finally got my payback, is what I felt like. And then he goes, it cannot be. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. That was my investment, is I wanted to see um, Fuckface die. And then when he did, I was just, yep, I was happy. You were very happy. Yeah. He he definitely carved up a lot of people in that movie with great style. One one thing that we, we didn't mention is the r- ridiculous and wonderful uh, river of uh, river of greed and fire of fury. Where Anna awesome, White, totally White, White, awesome Green. with the guitar in the background. Fuck yeah, dude! That's 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 pure graphic novel stuff or comic book stuff, isn't it? When it's I saw the great. intro and mm. then I saw that which is kind of surreal and weird and kind of 70s. And when I saw the titties getting popped out, I was like, fuck, dude, I'm in. This is it. This is it for me. Yeah. It was a, it's, it's, a, it's a strange film. I mean, because it's really, really well made. It's beautifully shot. It's really well paced. There's some really good direction. At the same time, it's incredibly... I'm going to use the word, but I don't mean it in a derogatory way. It's sort of trashy in the sense that it's deliberately sexy and violent and all of those things to really kind of get your mouth watering. Um, And at the same time, it's like a comic book movie with these weird kind of graphics on the screen. But it works. It's a a really good combination. And it's uh, it's a thrilling, a thrilling, uh, exciting, dangerous movie that you should all watch. Yeah, that's perfectly said. The trashy girls can bring out the best hand jobs you've ever had, dude. It's like, you know, so trashy's, trashy's got a place in life, you know. That's perfectly said. No, what I wanted to add on to that is just, um, I think it was this crappy shit like the Batman um, TV show of the 60s and all that that gave us the idea that everything that was going to be like transformed from a comic book onto a screen had to be a pile of crap, cheesy, you know, um, where well, a lot of graphic novels were exactly that they were very graphic in in a good way and you know you yeah. translate that properly and wham well it's like any art form isn't it it you know it's uh some of it's good and some of it's bad you know some movies are good some movies are bad some comic books are good some are bad you know it's so uh, you can't condemn a whole uh, a whole medium i mean if you're if you're raised on like just purely american cinema it's it it is tame by comparison to some of the things you get in world cinema and i think in terms of just like action action cinema um this kind of thing is uh, is streaks ahead and it it kind of still is actually i mean there's no direct comparison within american cinema to this i mean this is really kinetic really exciting um violence it's it's really well done yeah think about it. by the 70s like let's even say 72 um if you, in an american cinema let's say we're talking about you know any kind of western they, mm. they they have implied rape and they 
they have um, definitely, like you said, violence, but not violence. So it's a lot of yeah. shooting where people flop off their horses and, oh, <laughs> Big Billy's dead! Some tears and that's it. Move on. It's all about, you know, other stuff. Yes. Yeah. This was graphic in the way that a lot of people think about Takashi Miike and, you know, Ichi the Killer and all of this. And uh, Tarantino, right? Kill Bill and yeah, Spray yeah, and Blood. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's that's the direct comparison. I mean, not not as a, as a movie, um, as such, but the actual the way the action is directed, uh, all the, all the limbs being hacked off and the blood spraying everywhere. You know, to someone uh, who who hadn't seen these these Japanese movies, to then watch, uh, you know, watching Kill Bill is basically doing the same thing, isn't it? It's yeah. it's the same kind of thing. So you see Kill Bill having not seen all that stuff, it seems really strange and exciting and different. Whereas actually, it's uh, it's a homage to something that's quite old. Yeah. Well, Tarantino has more of a fixation on on uh, dialogue, but uh, um, I think this is better than any. Ter- yeah, I mean, this is better than Kill Bill. This is better. Yeah, this is better than any. This is this is <laughs> this is my favorite movie we reviewed on on Simo Bushido. I mean, Ichi is a close second, but this is like I said. This is like, can you imagine a Japanese couple in the seventies? They're like, yeah, we watched Adoichi go to bed, kids, and then now we're gonna watch Lone Wolf and Cub. <laughs> that's a great. That's a great picture. All right, kids are all, all happy. They just got to watch Zadoichi win the day, and then it's like, hey, now it's time for Zadoichi's pervert brother, <laughs> the Lone Wolf. Can you imagine how many Japanese men had nicknamed their penises Lone Wolf? Dude, I'm I'm so sad that there's only five of these movies. I wish there was like 25. <laughs> but it's such a cheesy name as well, isn't it? Because it, the, the name Lone Wolf and Cub does not convey what the movie is. Oh, you're so right, Stephen. So why I have so much trouble getting anybody to watch this movie? Mm. Well, no, I mean, I mean, but Lone Wolf and Cub does encapsulate it because he's a, he's kind of in a sense a Ronin, right? So he's a lone wolf, and the yeah. and lone and and wolves that don't interact in the pack tend to have some sort of a disease that makes them crazy and he says he's going down hell's way he's a demon now he's not natural he's not he doesn't follow the shogun from heaven he follows the, the evils from hell i'll buy it i just don't like it and then he's got the cub he's got his little baby you know well yeah that's that's literally what it means but i mean it doesn't this chitty sucking baby <laughs> but yeah what, what, what would you say graphic murderer whore fucker and titty sucking baby no, okay. I, you want my title? You want my title? Uh, I would have gone like maybe like Ogami Ito and his murderous baby. Yeah. If I would have said that, watch that, Stephen, or do you want to watch Lone Wolf and Cub? You would have been like, give us, give us a title, Stephen. Give us a title. Porn Pram from Hell. <laughs> I like the triple. I like the double PP and then the H. Me too. That was really good. And you put Hell in something. Yeah. Yeah. Or the the sword of the porn pram from hell. Yeah, mm. I like it. Not as good. Not as good. I I gilded the lily. This, exactly. You got brevity is a silhouette, my friend. We've already covered this in a prior podcast. I think just I yeah. think I think porn pram would have been perfect. Porn, porn pram pee pee. Everybody needs a little pee pee at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen porn my, pram? Yeah, porn <laughs> pram is fucking awesome. You know, you know what mine would have been? Mine would have been. Um, Death and home and and uh, death and horny would have been mine. Death and death and horny, and people would have been like, "What the fuck are you talking about, death and horny?" But like, just watch the movie. 
and then you you're like you're like what the fuck title's death and horny but you like show him like like on top of the girl you know and you're like oh yeah it's gonna be a porno but it's not just a porno it's fucking action or how about how about something like how about breastfeeding primer that's nice <laughs> How about just uh, lone, how about lone wolf and tits? Uh, yes, yeah. I was gonna say dances with titties would be another good one. Have you both seen uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid? Uh, it's Chuck Norris, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Chuck Norris yeah. as a Texas Ranger, and it's what you know he based that whole TV show uh, te- Texas Walker. Texas Walker, Texas yeah. Walker, Texas Ranger. Thank you, Walker, Texas Ranger. If we did, we. If because his kid's name were Walker and Texas Ranger, and she's like, if we want us a couple of wussies. We have Doctor Quinn and Medicine Woman. That was fantastic <laughs> on CBS. Fuck you, CBS. Okay, guys, um, I am want to get to our top six, so um, I think we've I think we've hit this movie home. Let's do this. Okay, let's do it. I'm ready. I'm ready to lose. Are you ready to lose, Lee? I'm down okay. to fail hard. Let's do it. Bro. Let's do it. All right. So it's time for our top six. All right, guys, here we go. We've got the top six answers on the board. All right, Lee, um, you're up first this time since it's, uh, what it's, the just, fuck? The, it's just what? The, it's just the three what? of us. What? This is bullshit. Oh, shit. Shit, shit, shit. Oh, hold on. Oh, fuck. Don't put that on the recording. He just spilled a sake. Oh, this is going on the recording, as he calls it. This is I'm part of the show. I'm just waiting politely for my question. Yeah. That sounds. <laughs> that is why. Uh, that is that is the def- the, the that is the paradigm uh, difference between you two. Yeah. That's, that's why England never wins the World Cup. Boom. Well, yeah, fifty years ago. Oh, yeah. One Are you time. ready, Lee? Yeah, ready. All right. Um, we're starting this top six with um, a section of two questions called "Assassins in History." And the first question is for you, Lee. It is, who killed Martin Luther King? Oh, shit. I should know this. He's a, he, he's a honky lip motherfucker, and it was in the South. And he, had, he used, like, a, what, a 308 to do it in a hotel room. But I can't remember his name. I, I fail. I don't know. I remember his name. You're very close. Um, it's James Earl Ray. And yeah. uh, he was a small-time crook, a robber of gas stations and stores. He ex-prisoner. Um, he... Uh, he yeah, exactly. You got it. It was a window in a neighboring um, room. You know, um, there was a motel room. And um, what caliber gun did he use? Was it a three? I thought he used a three hundred eight because that was like a guaranteed kill. Don't have that, but uh, I, I would give you a half point, but I'm not going to. So no, no, no. I don't, <laughs> I don't take houses. I could just tell you you won, yeah. but I'm not going to because you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I could be graceful, but you're a bitch. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <right>. Translation <laughs> for our non-ghost speakers. <laughs> All right, Stephen, you are up. Uh, who assassinated uh, JFK? Oh, nobody knows. <laughs> Officially, it was Lee Harvey Oswald. All right. And do you know, uh, give me some details about that. His name was Lee Harvey Oswald. No, you're not going to give me any additional. I stuff don't know like, any details. Like, he, 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 he was on the, the sixth and... floor of a depository building. And, uh, okay, I, no. I know that. I know that he probably didn't do it. And isn't um, okay. What's the actor's name? Come on, help me out. Cheers, the guy from Cheers. Uh, he was in the Hunger Games. Can, oh, I, sure. can I intercept? Can I intercept uh, a little bit? No. Wait. Okay. Wait. What's okay. going let on me, here? Me, no. There's uh, the act. The, the actor. Um, it was. There's a f- very famous actor whose Wait, dad was, was is, is in, implicated. Was he in Natural Born Killers? 
Yes. Oh. Help. Come on. This is like someone really famous, and it's embarrassing mm. that we're doing a film podcast and what, we can't remember. Wait, let me name. ask you: Was he also in a movie called Zombieland? Yes. Mm, okay. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> this is really embarrassing. Come on, you don't you don't look to me. me <laughs> don't look to me. I don't fucking know. Um, was but he anyway, was he in that TV show? It was a really well known TV I'm show. Talk to you in a minute. Um, it was a TV show, and it had um, an all right, all right, all right guy, right? Man, if only if only we had this thing called Google that we could just Google it. Just tell me. I, I'm just, I can't I'm just being a dickhead. His name is Woody Harrelson. Thank you. It's his dad. How do you not know the name of Woody Harrelson? What the fuck? It's because I've been oh drinking. God. Dude, he's Woody fucking Harrelson. Oh. <laughs> uh. I thought you were talking about somebody obscure that like. I wasn't. I just. I'm, I. Sometimes a man has a mental blank. I know who he is. I just couldn't reach for his name. Oh, that was fun. Um, okay, it was you, you. You got a point. But what does what does uh, Woody Harrelson have to do with uh, anything? Oh, for God's sake! I was trying to get that in there, and you were making fun of me. It's it's that his uh, his dad was implicated, or is remains implicated in the murder of uh, JFK. His real life dad. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Same with Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz's dad is actually implicated in the murder. But if you guys uh, read that uh, 112263, you'd know that the protagonist of that novel did go back in time and he actually stopped. It was actually Lee Harvey Oswald. So. Ah, okay. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of conjecture, but uh, he was, he was most likely a patsy. I mean, yeah. yeah, but that was an I, easy I, fucking question. Everybody knows Lee Harvey Oswald. I, well, everybody, just, everybody knows James Earl Ray. Everybody knows uh, Woody Harrelson as well. So everybody with a Black Lives Matter sign in their window knows that. I don't fucking know that. Right. I I thought it was the comedian from uh, from Watchmen who killed JFK. <laughs> right, exactly. Okay, guys, this Which is, one? Uh, we're up to number two here. Well, number three, third question, second question. I hate really. going first. This is fucking bullshit. Yeah, this is pretty Go good. Um, I switch, I'm switching over to assassination movies. And okay. this one, um, I'm just going to go for it. So you have to tell me the actor who played. Um, this was an assassin who, uh, who was very lazy, and he had a poor cab driver drive him around between his murders. Oh, I know this one. All right. Who played the lazy assassin? It was Tom Cruise in Collateral. Swam a homer. That's one to one. No, nice. I fucking love that movie. That my favorite part is when they like they examine the first cadaver and they're looking at like you when you shoot a gun. What you want to do is you, you, you might not hit the bullet every time in the same spot, but you want it to be as close as possible. And his his uh, he's so proficient in his firearm that it's millimeters apart. It's fucking brilliant. I love it. All right, when well, this one I consider to be just as easy as that one. I think you'll like this one, Stephen. Um, okay. This Italian assassin helped Matilda get revenge for her parents. First off, who is he, and who did he help in a prior movie? Oh, okay, okay. It's Leon, the professional. Correct. Oh, of course, yeah. And it, it's La Femme Nikita. Correct, Amundo. Which was in a prior podcast, which went, I don't know what episode it was, but it was the one where we did uh, Ghost Dog. Nice. I <laughs> asked that same question. No, he, he referenced, because I mentioned the sty- stylistically how the movie was, and then he, being a cinemaphile, which is not fair, it's like it's like drunk retard versus scientist, is like discussing physics, and, and the, uh, the, the idea is that he mentioned La Femme Nikita as the prior film by that same director. 
All right. That's cool. All right. Well, we have two more questions, and now I'm switching over from... So we did Assassins in History. We did Assassination Movies. This is going to be um, weapons that assassins use. Oh, yeah. I hope you're shaking in your British panties, because I know my weapons. Let's do this. I like this. I have a really great question for you, Lee. Um, And I don't know if you know it or not, so this is... It's fair. Let's do it, dude. But I like this question. So... Let's go hard. So what is the most famous and su- and successfully deployed sniper rifle of World War II? And I'll give you one hint to this. It was used by, like, the most famous uh, sniper of all time. World War II would have been, bef- would have been after the M1 Garand, which was deployed in, one, in, in World War I. I'm going to uh, say the Browning 50 caliber. Oh, sorry, you missed it. Okay, damn. There, there is a um, a thing called a Mossen Nagin. Yeah! yeah! Oh, no! But yeah. the thing is that the Browning, uh, if anybody can find out when, when the Browning 50 cow was manufactured, because I think uh, I think they make it in a rifle form. I'm not sure. Well, so I just, there I, were, like, if, I, if you look it up, there were about 15, like, really commonly used um, rifles that are used by snipers and snipers in World War II. This, yeah, but it, what was the most common caliber of the, of the round? I think it was you know? a, a. I looked it up earlier, and you know, um, I think it was a thirty out six or something like that. Or oh, okay, so they're still too small. So I might have been, I might have been wrong. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm I was born in '83, so I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe the thirty out six is probably the most common round at the time. So listen to this history. There was a famous guy. This is the one I was talking about. I'm sure you know who this is. Its name was Simo. Uh, Hayaha. He killed okay. 500, 200 people. 505 oh. Soviet soldiers with this weapon during the uh, Russo Finnish War. He didn't even have a scope. I can't remember the uh, the guy in on the island in Japan in World War II. He killed 200 infantry with a standard issue rifle from a cave. Fucking brilliant. And the, the Russians actually invested so much in snipers, they had like a whole division of of female snipers and they would just pick off the germans as they moved into russia a pretty brilliant story snipers are pretty valuable because if you can teach a man to keep his feet down and to lay prone and to sneak and they they don't sneak like over the course of minutes they sneak over the course of hours like they'll move maybe they're like your buckle is in the dirt and you are like sneaking like one flinch an hour like you are you are like moving as slow as possibly can to not be detected and they can like one one high caliber round can take out like a missile and so you're looking at the value of his salary plus the round and plus the the what it costs to get him there versus a fucking icbm so really in a sense it's 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 the, the most efficient form of fighting ever just like the british and their 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 bow they're, they're yeoman archers. Let's finish this off. Uh, I've got number six here for Stephen. Now, Stephen's already won, but I'm going to give him this last one anyway, um, just because I think it has a couple interesting things, and uh, if he yeah. fails it, it's really nice to watch somebody fail um, publicly. Thank you. Yeah, I've already so, done that. Number six. Uh, most people think of uh, the, uh, the shuriken when they think of ninjas. Can you mm. guess what that word shuriken means in Japanese? Does it, does it mean uh, uh, flying death? Yeah, that's a, see, that's a great answer. But um, Lee, did you want to give it a shot? Just I think it means spinning death. And I like both of those. Um, I think this is really interesting. Um, it means sword hidden in user's hand. 
And it's oh. because you could hide that, but also um, th- th- there was another really common one called the Boshirokin, which is a, just like a knife, like what shithead in this movie um, yeah. used. No, his name is Fuckface. I fucking Fuckface, wrote, I'm sorry. Wrote I, it I, yeah, shithead. It's Japanese, dude. If you can't watch Japanese cinema, don't don't quote it, okay? Yeah, so he what he had pretty much, <laughs> you'd hide those in your hand so you could just, you know, yeah. throw them out and yeah, be awesome. Yeah, um, that would be, it, it might be considered a coward's weapon, but that'd be my most prevalent one if I was Japanese. Well, and if you were an assassin, that's awesome, right? You're, you're just hiding in a tree, and you could quickly, like, 30, 30 feet from the target, throw it down and murder Oh, uh, dude, if I lost at, at dice, I'd just throw a bunch of those and just be like, well, you know, the right. thing is that I gotta go. Right. I gotta go. I lost at dice, but I gotta go with all this money. I'm sorry. One interesting thing. So the origin of that, it comes from, like, uh, accordingly, it comes from this one group. There was a group called the uh, Togakura-ru, um, and what... Or let me see. Yeah, exactly. They um, they would use these iron reinforcing plates to um, put together spikes that would uh, form the timbers in a castle or in like a fortress. So this big group, they made those. And what they did is they just took them and, you know, they sharpened the edges on them. And that's kind of like the birth of that, that weapon type. It's clever because it's kind of like the same idea is in the Roman Coliseum, for instance. They, they built these bricks. They they put pots in them first of all so that it like it would distribute weight and lighten the load when they were forming the concretia which the foreigners were like it's crazy we build this powder we mix it with water and and it's stone and then they but they would always leave inlets in there and then we form like soft metal like bronze and then we use like a a dowel like system but with bronze and use that and iron eventually and it's the same kind of idea right like like think about it like you have an iron a small iron item that you can throw in, and it's kind of like the precursors to the bullet, which is really what we're doing now. We're just throwing, we're just throwing metal at each other. Yeah. Yep. High velocity, super metal. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, Stephen, you're the winner, uh, as always. Lee. Thank you. I don't know what to tell you, man. I dude, I fucking, I knew the moss, and ah, oh, damn it, I just didn't think that it was that common. I just didn't think that it was the most common. But it's World War Two, and ah, fuck. Well, and that was pure I, statistics. How many this gun would had been used to kill more people? Because like the somebody else had used it too to kill just a ton more Soviets. Like there was another guy who had used it to kill you know another three hundred or something. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of not fair because the Soviets were like, oh, are you 18? Here's two guns between the two of you. <laughs> totally. kind of not fair. I, 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 don't I, thought know, I, I, thought, I thought it was like worldwide overall. And I was like, well, maybe a 50 cal would be the appropriate He's answer. still making excuses. Yeah, he's still making excuses. I, I thought he would fail like a champion. I don't want to be a dick about this, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I feel like I've redeemed myself after the last two, you know, that they didn't go so well. Did you, did you lose? No, I lost, and then we drew because neither of us got any answers right. We just kind of couldn't couldn't figure anything out. Yeah. See, that's how that's what we that's what my millennial friends that's what we call tryhard. Yeah, right? yeah. He's what a me? Tryhard. I'm a tryhard. You know what the the, the question about um, the the um, the tiebreaker this time um, would have been, okay. um, and I think you would have gotten this one um, where I'm just going to ask Lee. Lee, do you know what a, a butty is in terms of a food item? I know. I know. I- <laughs> I have no idea. But you're saying it wrong. Well, first of all, I want to say that the butty, which would be pronounced as a butty, is actually from the north of England, which I, I, I'm, I'm from the south of England, but I'm living in the north of England. So in the south of England, you'd call it a sandwich. But in the north of England, it's a butty. Very nice. Which is, which is a sandwich. 
that's a cunty expression. Well, in down the street from me, an Italian place sells it. It's it's like um, it's buttered bread, and then they do something to mix it up a little bit. Like, oh yeah, they put chips in it. Um, French fries. Do you know what though? Uh, that may be what they tell you across the pond, but it really isn't. It's just a sandwich. Isn't that, that's <laughs> in, in the north of England. A butty is a sandwich. It's just it's just it's just the fr- the slang phrase for any sandwich. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to use that word on majority later on. I'm gonna be like, hey, I got me a booty in front of me. Here. <laughs> I say booty. Booty is something else. It's a booty. <laughs> a booty. It's a the same thing the Japanese well, do. Hey, you like sushi? Oh no, it just means with rice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fascinating. Oh, that's it. Yeah. I've been lied to, but in a good way. All right, guys, that was a lot of fun. Um, Stephen, give me the rundown of what's going on with you, and uh, yeah, anything else you think uh, the peeps want to hear? Sure. I mean, over at Attack on Movies, we're still doing the same old, same old. Uh, the video reviews. We do a thing called the Guide, where we do short form uh, movie reviews of everything, really. Um, but we started doing something called the Film Connection which is a a podcast where we take a movie that's just come out and then we marry it up with an old movie that has some kind of um, logical connection to it. Um, And we talk for 45, 55 minutes. And I was very fortunate um, that the last time that we did one, which was the first episode, uh, we had uh, Leon, who you've just been listening to, and uh, he really delivered the goods. So if you want to listen to a different side of uh, of Lee, um, then give it a listen. It's, It's pretty good. And uh, is that, uh, yeah, just go to attackonmovies.com um, and there's a podcast link and or it's in iTunes as well, right? Yeah. 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 Cool. And uh, Leroy? Uh, we're going to re- release the, t- the debut episode of, uh, of uh, this drunken, if you live under a bridge, you donated plasma to get here, highbrow panel conversation about movies called... The Saturday morning Motley round table. It's going to be great. And I, I'm pretty excited because I've got a lot of commitments from people I didn't think I could. So, pretty excited. It's going to be, it's going to be uh, something where it's, it's going to be less technical, less intelligent, but more booze and more opinion. And, and really, at the end of the day, what do we really value? We, we, we value opinions that are, that are rich, like really dark soil. I love it. I'm excited. Thanks as always, guys.